Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Nick and Muriel recording live from our living room. That's right. Uh, this episode's going to be a little different than anyone that we've recorded so far. So if you want to hear what we usually do, just go back and check out old episodes. We're not doing the intro. We're not doing the theme song. We're not doing any of our cutesy little music. And it, <laughs> it's just our own little, perhaps trivial, but nonetheless, we're doing it way of disrupting the norm and, uh, you know, uh, thrashing complacency That's a bit right. yeah, in yeah. an effort to ch- uh, change the system. <laughs> So <laughs> that's right. I mean, I don't our... think it's like that radically different. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, we're still going to sit here and make fun of ourselves primarily. Yeah. This podcast has been centered around our lives. And for us, it's a bright spot in our week. Right. And we like to make our podcast a bright spot in other people's weeks. So right. most of the time, we we're just making fun of stuff or yeah. <laughs> I don't know, just yeah, right. making fun of ourselves or you doing know. dumb things or yeah. whatever. Like we're just having, just trying to have like, take one moment in our week to do something fun for ourselves yeah. or connect or talk about what's going on. Right. Um, so this week yeah. for, uh, what were you saying about space aliens? Oh, just in case any <laughs> space aliens way in the future are listening to this and want some context as to what's happening. Sometimes it's important just to say the basics, which are that we've had protests and demonstrations across the United States and now the world. Yeah. Um, kind of, uh, in honor of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor demanding uh, the demolishing of systemic racism and police brutality uh, against black and brown people in America. That's right. And then in the midst of all that, we're all aware there's also a insane pandemic happening. <laughs> yes, the coronavirus is either it's going to get even more real or just it, it, now it's just absolutely truly a hoax. I mean, so like, we'll we are like, honestly, this is an interesting time to be alive in that we're all trapped in our houses. We're all watching the news. We are really disassociated from everything that's happening. Our neighbors, our neighbors, our routines are disrupted and we're just like have our faces and our phones are listening to the news like every day. Yeah. And there's a certain level of like desensitization, uh, desensitization. I think you nailed it. Uh, One of those words. (laughs) Uh, Like we're desensitized to what's happening. But I think also like everything is just happening so remotely right. so like the pandemic happened and everything got shut down but like we're not sick yeah you know what i mean or we're not looking out the window and seeing people being sick right and like i don't really have any friends who've been sick yet thank right. god knock on wood yeah i hope you guys are okay right but at this point it's just sort of like this existential threat yeah that everyone is kind of going through privately in their house i mean we have two new neighbors in our building that we actually haven't even seen. Right. And we just know they moved in. And it's kind of like not kosher to like knock on the door or give them something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's all could be, you know, we, we could be sick potentially and know it and whatever, but you know, we're also in this weird position. We'll talk about all of this stuff, but you know, California is shut down. That's where we live. We live in Los Angeles. And then our cases started spiking and then Memorial Weekend happened. And then during Memorial Weekend, they announced that they're opening all the restaurants, even though all of our cases are spiking. Yeah, right. And then after Memorial Weekend, 
uh, we this just started being mass demonstrations and there's no sort of effort to curb anything. So we're just sitting around going like, well, we were shut down when it was way less worse. Yeah. And now it's way, way worse. Yeah, right. And we're totally reopening. So it's all just seems insane right now. Right. And it's all in the context of millions of people demanding that police stop killing people. I mean, so it's just like it's literally like the most serious, righteous, on the correct side of history thing to do to go out in the middle of the streets and chant and march and kneel and protest and scream and be loud, surrounded by 20,000 other people. So, who all have a bandana over their face. In the midst of all of that, we wanted to record a podcast (laughs) 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 because i guess it's like we were trying to figure out like an honest way to go about it i know because it's like i'm like to be like just just be frank about it like this family is obviously very pro black lives matter we are going to march there's nothing about this that we can make fun of in the way that we would make fun of let's say i don't know like trying to cook an authentic Italian dinner while watching The Godfather. You know what I mean? Like the stuff we normally do is like so much less important. Yeah, right. Uh, So the only thing we could, we're basically just going to try our best to talk about this week and maybe hopefully if you're experiencing something similar, this will be a helpful like decompression. For us, that'll be that way. We're going to try to gear this conversation towards our experiences and our choices and our life in the past week right so we're easier to make fun of than what's happening out in the world so you know we're gonna ride this balance of like is this you know so if you guys are sick of people making the protests about themselves i suggest not listening to this no 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 i think for me i just want to be like honest about where we are yeah you know and like what it's like to be on lockdown and then all of a sudden and be so like self-absorbed and numb to yeah. like this constant stream of news yeah right. you don't realize that the country's just like descending into fascism yeah. until you look out the window and literally outside of our window there was 50 cops with guns and all of these young protesters and we were just like in our apartment going like, wait, what's going on? (laughs) Like it was just like, so we're just going to talk about what that was like and maybe you'll relate to it. And, and hopefully, you know, saying things out loud will help us all participate more in change. That's good. I think that's good. Is that a good way of saying it? I think so because I mean, this podcast (laughs) has become like a special thing for you and I, Yeah, it's like a place of levity. So a lot of times we'll, you know, kind of address some of the uh, scarier, harsher truths of our wor- of our world through like laughing about it, and you know, we're gonna not do that exactly this time. I feel like this is going to be a experiment. I will withhold judgment. I did get a call from my wonderful mother-in-law who listens to all of these podcasts, who yeah. I love very, very much, and she, like, we were sitting here talking at the table, being like, okay. What are we talking about? We're talking about the protests. We're talking about murder. And, you know, we're like getting it. And I was like, well, we, you know, how do we, how do we do this? And I, I was like, I'm afraid of like, are people just overly saturated with this kind of conversation? Like, are we just tired and we need a break or is it something that we're all just tuned into? And this is a great, another 
color of this experience. Yeah, like right. our experience might help inform it someone else's experience right. we're just like having this intense conversation and then my mother-in-law called me and she was like i just want to let you know that the last episode was the break i needed <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was like i know i'm so sorry i think we're gonna record something that doesn't feel like a break <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but it was like such a wonderful phone call because yeah, i was yeah. like you know there's nothing that makes you feel happier than making something that like lifts people up yeah right you know so yeah that was really cool and then also you know it's just puts a nice fine point on just feeling like how do we talk about this in this podcast i know all right so i think we should just get started okay, okay. i think we're just gonna get started so we're gonna I'm, talk about our week basically yeah, it's but, gonna it's gonna be a like a, a thursday to a thursday essentially i think so I, here's one thing could we make a oh, first of all let's lay a couple of ground rules okay oh i, I have an idea about this okay but you go what i you don't want to worry too much about what day what happened Okay, so let's just like, you know, because it's all a blur to me and I don't have my calendar in front of me. So well, we're okay. going to try to go in chronological order, but whatever. We might jump around a little bit, but this is just about this week right? and what the world is like. Um, the other thing that I came up with that I think is very smart yeah. is that I think I just want to talk about what it's like to be alive right now yeah. in the United States in a big city because that's yeah. all we know. So I just want to talk about the experience of this and like navigating it and what happens day to day. Like we're struggling with lots of stuff. So there's like this huge national issues and then there's these huge global issues. And then there's also like, can't get your unemployment. Like what does work look like? When are we going to be out of work with those types of things? How long can we afford to be in this apartment? Like that kind of stuff that everyone is dealing with right now. But uh, there are other things that I have feel very ranty about that yes. I, um, what we're going to do is if one of us starts ranting, there's a few things like hot button issues. If yeah. we start getting a little ranty, I'm just going to set a timer <laughs> and you get 30 seconds to be ranty okay. and then we'll kind of continue back into the vein <laughs> yeah. of the podcast. Is okay, that, good. I feel like that's, I think that's good. And we'll announce it to you guys. So if you don't want to hear our rant about fill in the blank, you can just hit the skip 30 seconds. Right. If you're tired, button. you're inundated <laughs> yeah. by like news, like the cable yeah. news cycle. Yeah, and right. then we start talking about Trump's stupid photo op thing. <laughs> yeah, and right. you're like, no, I've heard all the <laughs> yeah, angles I yeah. need to hear about this. <laughs> Literally. We're going to try to time it. So you can just skip, your 30 yeah. seconds ahead button yeah, right. on your podcast app, just skip it. And then you can go to the next yeah, thing. Right. Okay. So in my mind, this week really started by my unemployment finally coming through, which was amazing. It Cause was how amazing. long did it take Nikki? It was since March 15th. We have not like, and in- this is being recorded on June 5th. Oh, I'm not going to worry about dates. Sorry. I already, I'm already. It's my fine. It's fine. I think dates make sense that I don't understand you. So <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Uh, welcome to an interracial relationship in the year 2020. Okay, so we got this, and it was great. I was able to certify. I got, I, I got all my back unemployment. It was. It's we needed so, it so bad, it so bad, and it's we've been, been stressful. okay. Like yeah. we, we, I have been able to collect unemployment since yeah. the time all this happened. Yeah. My job got a PPP loan. Like we've been fine being yeah. able to like live off of what we earned, but we did really need this. Like yeah. everybody else does. It's right. like, we're not rich. We need to be able to like, yeah. we need those, two incomes. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. what are we even saying here? Yeah, so right. that was a huge deal. And we were just like so happy and just in our own personal bubble, just celebrating. Yeah. Super in a bubble. Like, like, yeah. and I think we're all really stressed. So yeah, like we've right. been stressed, and that 
stress totally like turns you inward at least yeah, for me it's right. like that's a that's the perfect thing like when you're not okay then you just start to kind of like you know for me i just start to invert myself and so we've been doing that locked in the house and then finally we had some good news and we're just like absorbed by that good news yeah right right so then the next morning we wake up because we're we were on our new uh schedule of 6 a.m hikes right because we're like getting back in the swing of things baby so happy you know and then so we go for this hike at 6 a.m and just like no one is wearing a mask it's like game's over like no one thinks it was insane and i'm talking like la super liberal city lots of people trying to tell people to follow the rules whatever yeah. we go up and, and we're hiking in this canyon Runyon Canyon for those of you who are in the know it's kind of an iconic like quote unquote um like where all the fake people go to hike in in Los Angeles yeah but lots of real people do too of I course. mean it's like you'll go and like people will be like dressed to the nines that's the funniest part it's like sometimes you'll go and people will be like in designer like insta wear full face of makeup right like, it's where people who like have spent all day working out the, at the gym go to take their selfies to show off their good body <laughs> i don't know i mean <laughs> it's like a scene and be seen park but it's also great because it's like an urban park and it's right by our house and it's actually a great workout and a lot of people go because yeah. it's like it's free right. and it's outside and you can get a tan and like get some exercise it's yeah. totally legitimate but it's just a funny it's yeah. just a very funny Funny park. If you think of a hike, imagine like mostly paved most of the way, lots of people dressed up, you know, or whatever. Whatever. So anyway, (laughs) we were there. It's mandatory that everyone's supposed to wear a mask. And then they have this one sad dude who (laughs) can't obviously can't run. Yeah, right. Or walk, sitting in the shade in a chair, yelling at people from afar to put on their masks, (laughs) which is like clearly nobody's gonna listen to this guy. Uh and about about half the people on the trail were not wearing their masks. Right. And not only are they not wearing their masks, they are jogging and huffing and yeah, spitting right. yeah, right. and yeah, running yeah, yeah. through huge crowds of people. So whatever huff spit cloud they're doing is like, <laughs> you know, when Sonic the Hedgehog runs and there's yeah. like the cloud, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. It's just like Pepe Le Pew's like stink farts. Or it's, something. Yeah. It's basically yeah. everybody who feels like they're too healthy to get sick. So they're yeah. going to run around without a mask and spit so they can get their best workout ever. Okay. Okay. So anyways, <laughs> that was, so we did that. And then we we're like, we were going to do our um, laundry first thing. So we we're like, do our laundry. So we're doing our laundry at the laundromat. No one's wearing a mask everyone's fighting everyone's and fighting <laughs> i get an email saying we're reopening our restaurant more to come but get ready for like wearing masks and shields and having the boundaries up and the whole thing is like back to work and honestly my heart sank i was like this city just we're pushing this too hard we're not ready for this it's just like a bad move and this was so shortly after memorial day weekend so whatever spike was supposedly supposed to hit us after memorial day it's hasn't even now. happened i mean it's basically hitting now so so i'm just like oh god oh, i guess we're going back to it so we bring our clothes back home and for the first time in 2 months there's like no parking in our neighborhood and we live right by the Fairfax shopping area, close to the Melrose shopping area and by a big park. So sometimes it's hard to find parking in our neighborhood. And I, for me, my thought was, I guess we're just back to business. I, mean, I it, guess it LA is way. just back. Yeah. And so then I'm driving around trying to find a parking spot. And then I see someone with a Black Lives Matter sign. And I was like, 
oh shit, I guess there's going to be a protest here because we've been paying attention to what was happening in Minneapolis. You know, we've been paying attention to protests happening and I, on, on some frequency, I knew they would be in LA, but I just was, had been in my own bubble. I had no idea there was going to be in our neighborhood. So I parked the car and come back home. I'm like, Mira, I guess there's, I guess they're protesting here. I guess it's, I guess it's happening in our neighborhood. And we look out our window and I was like, is the march going down our street? Like our streets were just filled with people. And it's just like really wild to be realized we had been so preoccupied. Yeah. Even though we listened to the news, we listened to the daily, which is the New York times podcast. Yeah. We listened to the NPR shortlist, like their, um, up first, up first yeah. podcast, which is like the top three stories of the day. Yeah. I also read the news every right. day and we listen to live stream NPR news. And we've been following what's happening in Minneapolis. I know. So it's like insane to feel like, like you look out the window and what you're seeing is something like you're not even vaguely aware of. Yeah. Even listening to like local, like KCRW. <laughs> like a very responsibly informed citizen. I just is like, wait, what's happening? And then yeah. you just think like, am I that much of an asshole? Like I had friends there. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Like whatever. And we were like, well, that's crazy i didn't know that was happening and then cue the fire <laughs> like we were sitting there we went up on the roof and we were like kind of looking around yeah. and then i was like i smell burning plastic yeah and nick was like me too and we looked at the window and we see a big fire yeah and then this is maybe two o'clock in the afternoon yeah and then we see another big fire and yeah. then there's fires so those fires were all cop cars yes on fire up and down the street so you stand on the roof and there's just little yeah. fires all over the neighborhood. Yeah. And they're like, well, I guess we better go walk around. I was like, do you want to see what's happening? <laughs> yeah. And then we go outside and we basically walk about a block away from our house yeah. to this intersection. And there is an already burnt out, cooled down cop car yeah, right. that people are standing on in the middle of a super busy intersection, yeah. maybe a thousand people and yeah. everyone's chanting and like yeah. the cops are there and there's like explosions and then there's another march that went all the way through so we like kind of joined that march and walked for a while yeah with that march and went i don't know maybe like a mile like up yeah. and then kind of came back around and we we're like well let's head back to the neighborhood because it's hard to tell like what's happening at this point right and we head back to our neighborhood and there are even more fires and then there's like explosions right and then they start you know, lighting the dumpsters on fire and pushing Push. them into the cops and all that stuff. So we were just, we were just, what was weird about it? Maybe this will be a rant. Maybe time me for 30 seconds. Okay, okay. I, maybe this is not part of a rant. I don't know. Let's find out. Okay. <laughs> so this was a riot that I saw on the news and it was called a riot and there was burning cop cars and they were slamming dumpsters into cops and all that was happening. They were shooting tear gas and rubber bullets and everything. And most people are just standing around like <laughs> well that was like the nature of it Look, i think like, people were just like what like everyone was just kind of like okay i guess you just you're just part of there you're just you it's just i guess my rant is is that there's something like boring about being in a riot no <laughs> i don't think that's true at all. <laughs> i understand your joke point of view yeah, but right. that's obviously not true <laughs> no i mean i think the main thing is is like we're all like stepping outside of our caves for the yeah, first time right. and blinking i mean i don't know it's also like this kind of thing where i've been feeling really acutely lately about this idea that you just kind of give up tiny freedoms until yeah. you like look around and say like this isn't the country i want to live in right you know like this isn't the the 
world that I would like to actively participate in. Right. And I think we've been all kind of, you and I have been really feeling this of why are we working for this job? Yeah. Why are we paying so much for health insurance? Why can't we afford education? Like this kind of like list of like, yeah. why are vegetables so expensive and meat is so cheap. It's like yeah. you just start when you, <laughs> you just kind of have nothing to occupy your mind except for like your, your life is a little quieter. Yeah. You start to notice things a little more. And that was like kind of, I just think it's weird to kind of come out of this and see the urgency of this movement yeah. and like feel like so blindsided by it, even though like politically, of course, like I know that the systematic racism in our country is horrific. I grew up, I'm biracial. I grew up with a black father who I was with in the car as he was getting targeted by shitty cops in my neighborhood. Like that's how I grew up. Like those are my, earliest memories of yeah. dealing with police officers is like pulling my dad out of out of the flow of traffic my my dad got pulled over once by a cop in our neighborhood which wasn't very good and like he got grilled and then he yelled at me because he was like you shouldn't be in the car with this man yeah and he thought I was a prostitute because I and I was like no no this is my dad we're literally driving to the grocery store yeah. and he yelled at me and said i had to show him my id before yeah. he would let us go to prove that we had the same last name because he didn't approve of that and my bro- my other brother has had the same exact uh with i think the same cop there was like a like a group of cops that would patrol our neighborhood yeah. and there was one guy who was like notorious in our neighborhood for being a total shithead but I think he had the same experience. Like we're too white passing to be with a black man. And yeah. we had to show our IDs to prove he's our father. And we had the same address. Yeah. Crazy shit. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, it's just like fundamentally in my, you know, like I understand, but it's like, things are so crazy right now in the world that it just felt like another injustice. And the urgency of it was yeah. like kind of muted. I don't know. And like when you're out there and you kind of, stand in a crowd of people and stuff starts getting really crazy. We're all just standing around sort of blinking. Yeah. You know, like I don't think it's boredom. I think it's literally like, Oh, Oh, right. Like this is super, super terrible. This is bad. You know, in this way that like, it's just really hard to have the same feeling when you're just like looking at a screen or reading, skimming an article and like saying, yeah, I know everything's bad. It's totally fucked. Whatever. Yeah. You know, instead of that, you're just standing on a street corner watching this sort of like raw energy start to move through the yeah. crowd and the, and people like they're there to like watch. Right. But they're also there because on some level we're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Even <laughs> yeah. if you're not the one like burning the cop car, yeah, right. you know, we are standing on the corner being like, okay wait, okay. Yeah. Right. And there's a lot of us here. Yeah, and yeah. like the energy yeah, is like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I do like, do you feel the same way? You know what I mean? Yeah, like right. there's something like, we're just like, it's been so long since I've felt like a part of something big. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That was yeah. my experience. So at some point the riot cops show up and they, now it's just like full on. It's like time for war basically. So we well, got out of there. Yeah. We came home because it was nobody knew at that point, like they hadn't called in the national guard or anything. Yeah. Like, this is like a, the first day of LA 
protests. Yeah, yeah. I, the first major day. Yeah, like and because I think there were a few before that, uh-huh. but I think it was the first like big day. Yeah, and we like when you're experiencing this in a bigger city, like people kind of just scatter. So yeah. there's cops, but you don't know where the pockets of cops are. Right. And then some groups of people are more violent than other groups of people. Right. So like you could be walking and it's just a bunch of people with signs and people have been marching all day and they're yeah. kind of tired or everyone's engaged or we're going back to our cars. And then you can turn a block and people are running in the opposite direction and yeah. there's like flashbang grenades yeah, going right. off, but it's all in the same neighborhood. Right. So some people have seen the burning car and some people haven't seen it at all. They're just in a different part of the and like, and by that also is like, like when we came back, like when the riot cops really showed up, uh, the mail lady was delivering mail. I like, saw someone pick up a dog, like was walking their dog and picked up dog poop. Like neighborhood stuff is still happening. You're like, oh, okay, so there's the riots down there, but we're, so this is good over here. So I'll just like keep walking. I mean, if you can kind of imagine like a four block radius, yeah. essentially where you're being flanked on either side on a major street, like basically three quarters of a square. Yeah. All of those streets are on fire. Right. But the four blocks in the middle are kind of like regular residential stuff is going on. Like the mail lady was still totally like slowly delivering mail. Yeah, yeah. And like there yeah, were people yeah, around, yeah. but like there was a lot of people who were just like, we were in our apartment and we looked at the window and on one side of our apartment, there was a group of maybe 30 riot cops. Yeah. And then there was a group of protesters and then there was a group of riot cops on the other block. So they had sandwiched them in on the street and it was like so tense and they all had rubber bullet guns um, out, but they're big guns and they were all kind of like, well, they had the tear gas and they were like, all that kind of stuff. And then they, they, they kind of sandwiched everyone in. Well, did you see the lady also? So like there was a couple things going on. This is, I'm just, we were on the roof watching this until we were up there and Nick said something and then a bunch of the cops turned and pointed their guns up at the roof <laughs> yeah. and Nick's like, we got to crouch down. I was like, don't crouch down. You have to get off the roof. You're just, if you crouch down, you look so fucking like suspicious. So yeah. then we were like, my mom was like, get off the roof. So we got off the roof and we came back inside yeah. and we were watching everything go down outside. And this one dude, he was like, maybe this 50 year old white dude came in a car with a megaphone and he drove down the street and he's in this megaphone. He was like, you all did a very good job. We're very proud of you, but it's time to go home. (laughs) And everybody on the street was just like, get the fuck out of here. Like, who are you? And he's like, I'm telling you, I've been around a long time. It's time for you to go home. Nobody wants this to escalate. He's like doing this thing that was just like, the protesters that were trapped on our block yeah. were peacefully protesting. There was a lot of tension, but yeah. this wasn't, this was our block, like one block away. They were lighting cop cars on fire, right. but all the riot police were like cornering. They were pushing people, I think off of Fairfax. Yeah. Well. And they were trying and to get them, Beverly. right. They were yeah. trying to get them basically away from these, these streets that were yeah. kind of like out of control. Yeah. But this was a group of people that like had signs. Like it was just, they weren't throwing rocks. They weren't. Like they were just sitting there. So it was like this weird thing with this guy with the megaphone. It's just escalating everything yeah, so right. badly. Yeah, right. Like it was just like the tension was like so much thicker. And all the people were just like, now fuck the megaphone guy and yeah. fuck you guys. Yeah, and right. the cops are just like rattled. So it was just like the energy was just really scary. And then during that, like finally the megaphone guy like 
they were just not feeling him and he finally yeah, they, they called up. it they, they were like this is an unlawful assembly yeah or whatever so the police did that was the only way they got then they, then they pushed everyone down the street well right before that though I don't oh know yeah if the you lady, saw this, somebody, this lady drove up and like, what was the girl's name i think it was keisha this lady drove up in, in an suv and like stopped on the block and she just put her head out the window she goes keisha Get in the car! <laughs> and then she just goes, Keisha! 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 <laughs> just yelling at this no, girl. No, I remember her. Yeah, no, yeah, and yeah. she got out of the car and walked down the block towards the cops. I was like, girl, get in the car. <laughs> Trying to look for her daughter. Yeah. And then she didn't find her, though. But she was out there and she's like, get in the car! Get in the car! <laughs> and then she, like, stomped back to the car and she sat in the car for a while. And I just was like, this lady is... <laughs> she is rounding up her child. <laughs> It was. Yeah, no, I totally remember. That. Yeah, I like that lady. Anyway, um, so anyways, then the cops. So then the they pushed everyone off our block, and then they like marched down, and then our block was cleared. So because we hadn't find found parking earlier, the car was like kind of a few blocks away, and our daughter who lives below us, who we're now on good terms with, she got the hell out of Dodge real quick. As yeah. soon as shit started going down, we heard her on the phone. She was like, I'm leaving. Yeah. So we knew she left. So there was a parking spot open in the parking lot directly by our building. So I hit her up and I was like, can we use your parking space? And she said, yes. So we got geared up again and we had to make like a two block trek directly through the looting zone to get our car, and which bring was it wild. Back. It was really wild. Like, just that experience was right because the looting had started it was broad daylight yeah it was like in the middle of the day maybe like yeah. four o'clock in the afternoon yeah. is when it started and when we were going to the car we we're just walking past like cars and cars just of people stuffing stuff in the cars yes i have uh an unoriginal thought about looting that i want to regurgitate okay <laughs> this is something that i saw i'm here for uh, it. i read and i just yeah. like it's a really short thing but I, it's something that like crystallized how i feel about it yeah. like i was watching it happen yeah and this is how i feel about it is that we generally have been using the phrasing like on cnn and like yeah. all over the place in media on the news and everything like that that's basically like it's terrible that black and brown people are being murdered by police, but yeah. we can't resort to looting. Yeah. And that it's insane that we're not saying it's terrible about the looting, but we can't let yeah. black and brown people be killed by the police. <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah, that yeah. should be what we're talking yeah, about right. and the way that we talk about yeah, it. Yeah. So I've been having very complicated feelings about this yeah. whole thing. Good job, Muriel. Thank you. I know it's complicated, but that's that's just I have to say that. Hey, you saw a meme and it and it resonated. It you did. Know? We're, li we're living in a meme uh, society, you know. I just think if you're sitting around at home and you just keep seeing this looting thing, and you are in your heart a peaceful person, yeah. but it's annoying. Like I just kept looking at it. and I'm like, why does this feel like it's wrong to me? You know, I just couldn't make my brain like figure that out. And then I saw that meme, and I was like, you know what? That's exactly what it is. Yeah, right. That's what it is. You're saying it backwards. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah. all. Jerk. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so we got the car back to the house. Uh, and then uh, the fires kept on burning and they started to spread down Melrose. So Mira and I straight up packed a bag and we we're like, if because if the fires spread, then it's we got to go. There's no rain. You yeah. know, I mean, we're in these like basically like tinderbox apartment complex right. like we're right on the edge so we packed the bag we're ready to go and then we just spent the night with our 
like go bags <laughs> yeah. in the but hallway. But you were calling them something. Were you calling I them- called them jump bags because I thought that's what they were. But- a jump bag? Yeah. Because I when you were saying that, I thought you were saying junk bag. And I was like, that's not junk. That's like the only things that we have that would help us. I for some reason I thought that was a thing. I I, saw, I kept saying jump bag, jump bag, and you and eventually you're like, why are you saying that? I, was like, I don't know. Uh, so we didn't need to use them, um, but we also didn't sleep, and then um, and then just somewhere in the middle of the night, the national guard got called in. So basically, we both had to work. The next morning, yeah. I had to work right in the middle of that stuff. Yeah, stores so, on either side of you were looted. Yeah, and then we opened. Um, and and to be fair, yeah. like mo- most of the neighborhood opened. There was yeah, right. bare- only the people who got looted didn't reopen. Yeah. But since the National Guard was called in in the middle of the night, I guess they spent the entire day cleaning. So when we came out, aside from the burned buildings, yeah. like all of the burned cars were gone and the streets were scrubbed. Like yeah. the whole, if you hadn't seen it with your own eyes yeah. and you know, maybe disregarding the storefronts, you didn't see any of the damage. Like it was insane. Our whole apartment was full of smoke. Right. It was crazy. And then the next morning it was just cleaned up yeah. and then everything was open. Like business as usual. Like we both went into work I was packaging to go pastas and sandwiches. Yeah. And I don't know if I don't know how I feel about it. So maybe this is going to be messy. But I will say it did not sit right with me just to like go back to business as normal. Well, honestly, like there was this weird thing to me for the first time in a long time that I like I don't buy a lot of stuff. Like I'm not a super big consumer consumer. I, I don't really I've never really been into like clothes shopping yeah. or, you know, most of our, all of our furniture is secondhand. We've never and bought a TV. We've never bought a TV. We've yeah. been gifted our, all, every we TV. We have an old MacBook and some hard drives that are important to us and some paintings from our grand, or, uh, and some paintings from our grandmothers and your mom that is important. Well, yeah. I mean, some I have things photos. that are important to me, yeah. but I don't buy a lot of things. Yeah. But it was the first time in a long time that I felt really anti-consumer. Yeah. And I don't know if that's like it. The most ridiculous thing was having to kind of participate in this like, you know, well, let's just go back and show them we can do business as yeah, usual. Yeah, right. I know. There was just something about know, the whole thing. I that know. I was just like, wait a second. Like something really monumental happened last night. And like this is the first time I've really been. I mean, this is it was an incredible show of civil disobedience yeah right it was really powerful and i think somewhere in there you can't talk about like systemic racism and depression and like inequality and you know the type of things that cause unrest without talking about capitalism yeah right (laughs) you know so when you go back to work the (laughs) next day you're just like what the fuck are we doing i know right and it's like when you think about looting too when it comes to like you know, mom and pop spots or immigrant owned businesses and, you know, you know, people of color who get have a really hard time getting business loans in this country and yeah. all this. Like, it's so difficult to actually get any sort of footing in capitalism yeah. that it's it's so sad when those businesses get hurt, you know, but also now I'm using the word but which I generally hate. There has to be you some, hate I hate the word, but, yeah, uh, there has to be some economic disruption, right. In order to make things change. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely a part of it. I think having everything be disrupted because of the pandemic yeah. has helped people, at least it's helped me become more in touch with what I'm required to do 
as a citizen of this country yeah. and what I give back or what I get back yeah. in return. And I think the idea that we're at home and we're spending less and we're disengaging, we, we have less money. All, a lot of us are just like unplugging from like the type of day-to-day activity that keeps you preoccupied enough to like accept the life that you're doing. Yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah. I feel really radicalized. I've felt that yeah. way. <laughs> it's yeah. like, and I, and I think like, you know, you can't think about oppression in this country or, you know, racism or inequality or any of those things and not think about like consumerism as being such a huge part of that, right. you know? And I think in some ways, you know, it's just such a consumer based economy and a consumer based country yeah, that, that like that, it feels like the biggest way you can affect change is just to disrupt consumerism. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. like that seems like the, like, you know, it used to be, I mean, stopping work would be the best thing and like boycotting would be the yeah, best right. thing and like not spending. Yeah, you just know, say, like, I'm not going to earn or spend money until all of these things change. It's like, can you imagine being a part of a country, you know, like when I list, like read the news and I think about our leaders saying, well, we need to all have checks sent to us, stimulus checks, so we'll all just spend money freely. Yeah, right. And that they're so out of touch with like most of us right they don't realize like we're gonna put that in a bank account I know. <laughs> you know what i mean that like, was ridiculous i'm not gonna too. buy like a new pair of shoes <laughs> i read this article that was talking about how why the 1200 dollars stimulus check failed and it was because people either saved the money or put it towards their credit card bills and like people were saying that's a bad thing like can you imagine any an economy that requires us to not have a saving savings and not and, and to have credit card and debt, to have debt and, and like to, to go debt. further into debt or like to use the money to then buy something you don't need yeah you know like oh well this is going to help us make luxury purchases and that's going to keep the economy afloat it's like the way that they're trying to help us yeah makes you realize how much we're just like little energy pods that are worth yeah, how, right. whatever we spend and being yeah. happy being in debt yeah. and being able to trade our economic freedom for, you know, like, yeah, I, mean, I mean, this is a thing. We're going into a no, rant. Okay. I, 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 mean, I wanted to like what? add one more messy what? thought to what? it what? was like walking around that morning after the, after the, all the looting and fires and stuff and everyone was cleaning up. And like, then I went to work and you went to work and people were like kind of coming in and spending money. And I was like, you know, maybe we should I, this is like my dumb thing that is maybe messy and wrong. Maybe we should leave the broken glass on the streets for a couple of days. Maybe we should really see what it means, what this was about. I you mean, know? I do think like it is really, it's all so complicated yeah. and like yet so simple and it's messy yet so clean. Yeah, right. You know, it's just like this idea that like the rephrasing things to say, like it's not a shame that black people are being murdered, yeah, right. but we have to stop looting. Yeah, we have yeah. to flip that and say, yeah, it's yeah. a shame the looting has happened, but we have to stop this thing. Yeah. It's like, th- we're speaking about things with like so little clarity, Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it's hard. And, and when you finally go outside and you see the anger manifested in damage, right. you can see that, you know, there is something that's like really, I guess my experience of it was more, it's just eerie. Yeah. It's eerie to see such a huge statement be cleaned up in the middle of the night by the military. And then we're supposed to go to work and be proud. Yeah. That's right. a little like, there's something yeah. about that that was kind yeah. of unnerving. Yeah. It's like to walk in and, and feel like, Oh, we did it. 
Yeah. You know, and like I'm supposed to be on the side of the people who are like, oh, thank goodness we did it. We're yeah. fine. Let's sell this, you know, let's just sell something to people. Yeah, right. That's a, a really odd place to be in. Like walking out, like we took a walk later on that day too and we walked and, you know, they had a new dumpster where the dumpster was, it was on fire. Everything yeah. was scrubbed down. There was like- All the graffiti no, was erased. Everything. Like so quickly. Yeah. It's hard. It's like, you know, I think at my core, it's like, I don't, I don't wish any violence on anyone. I don't wish that. And I don't think that I have it in me to do it. But at the same time, wealth inequality right now is the worst it's ever been in history. And there's been this like massive wealth transfer since Trump went into office. And like every time we have these tragedies, like, you know, the pandemic is going to potentially make bezos the first world's first trillionaire yeah you know it's like it's hard for me not to think the corporate world is a violent world and we like that we have violence perpetrated against us just in the fact that these people aren't being taxed enough for me the violent part of protesting or like the destruction of property it feels too much the same as like Jeff Bezos making so much money yeah, yeah. on the fact that we're locked in our house. Yeah. Right, right. You know, and like that he's like, you know, and that historic like taxes are historically low right now. Yeah. Right. So we're just sitting around. <laughs> I know. Well, ordering <laughs> like bread proofing baskets and crumpet molds. and like, yeah. <laughs> you know, just like watching our savings drain and our, yeah, right. like our wages go down and like, you know, it's just really yeah. wild. Oh my God. On that note, I just also, all of these companies and corporations that are like using like this as a, an excuse to, um, you know, voice their support for like black lives matter and all these corporations that are, you know, coming out with these like anti-racist, you know, quotes and marketing schemes and, you know, quote unquote support, like all of them should be considered absolutely opportunistic and fraudulent until they put their money towards electing officials that will tax them ethically. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, with that, uh, with, yeah. at the, with the end of that little thing, I had to sneak that in there because it's com- I, the corporate thing drives me. It's just like literal actual violence against our souls and know, communities. Uh, but good news, Muriel. The battery on this is running out, so we do have to press stop and change batteries. And maybe so we can get back on track. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Great. All right, everyone. You know what time it is. This is our ad space. If we had ads, they'd be something about a Chevrolet right now. Yeah, but but we're very lucky to have a little bit of space to just tell you what's up with our Patreon. Yeah. So for the month of June, all of our Patreon earnings are going to go to the Black Lives Matter Global Network because they're doing uh, really remarkably important work, and we're going to give them the dough. Yes. So if you sign up for our Patreon, you unlock a bunch of episodes. You get exclusive episodes going forward. That's right. We have. Lots of um, like prize driven things. Yes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So also um, if you sign up by the 4th of July, then every single one of our Patreons is going to get a custom Hell in Your 30 sticker pack sent to them. That's right. And one lucky person is going to get a custom made Muriel portrait of them. Yes. They're pretty good. Guys. Yeah. Muriel's a great painter. It takes me about, I don't know, 20 hours to do each one. <laughs> They're pretty solid. Uh, and, and all the money is going to Black Lives Matter global network uh, because we love them okay 
Uh, battery's dying. Okay, bye. And we're back. Yeah, All right, baby. So, okay, and we're back. Uh... So I think the so I think we should just fast forward probably I'm guessing to when we were chilling at the house and we we watched live on TV when Trump came out gassed all the peaceful protesters and then said you know I'm bringing in the army to dominate each city and to kill us no apparently. I mean well we we all saw it <laughs> yeah essentially it. it was like he's gonna override the governors to send the national guard or the military into places with social unrest yeah so he he's one of the people who draws a hard you know I mean obviously he's just like perpetuating this thing of like drawing a hard line between the protests and the looting as if they're not at all connected yeah and that one totally invalidates the other. Yeah. And like probably gave as much airtime to the looting as he did to the protests. Yeah. Which right. was like, okay. Yeah. Like right. obviously, like again, what's the bigger problem yeah, here? Yeah. And he gave like, like literally one sentence to George Floyd's death. I mean, death. it's just insane. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing. I mean, we all experienced it. We want to like archive it, I guess, yeah, just right. to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, the craziest thing was, you know, if you, didn't end up watching it live, like watching it in real time. He was supposed to give this address, but he was late. And so we just sat there and watched these protesters, total peaceful protesters yeah. in the middle of the day, protesting with this line of like militarized cops in front of the White House yeah. in uh, what's the park called? Lafayette. Yeah. So they're in Lafayette Park. And he's about 30 minutes late to give his speech. And then like right before his speech started, which at the time, I was like, this couldn't be more horrific yeah, and more, like, cinematic. They cleared the protesters, like, super violently. Like, we were just watching it, and all of a sudden, like, somebody goes, ho, ho, like, yeah, whatever. Right, yeah. And they started this formation, and then they took out their shields and just bashed the people <laughs> yeah, back. Right. Like, there was no cop going to the front saying, hey, guys, like, yeah. we need to push this back. We're yeah, going to move right. you back a block. Yeah, right. It might be a totally different conversation to yeah. be like, you know, you can't come back here. Nobody attempted yeah, to right. say anything. It was literally, like, yeah. a shout. No, no aggravation from the crowd just a shout and then somebody smacking taking their shields and smacking everyone back yeah and then they just started firing tear casts and rubber bullets yeah and everybody was just sitting there going like how did this how did this happen yeah right it's insane and then and then uh and then trump just like waltzed out like a sandbag getting that's trying to like i don't know be a part of the ice capades or something it's just like the least graceful thing ever came out and gave this speech just so horrific and then he went and did his the photo op thing in front of the episcopal church which I mean, was clearly just the most sacrilegious demonic thing well there's a couple <laughs> you are just on one i mean i agree with you but you know yeah I like using strong words. I know you do. Yeah. God knows. It's a way to radicalize my otherwise kind of lame existence. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a lame existence. I'm your wife. <laughs> I mean, it was, we all kind of saw it. I'm sure yeah. everyone saw it, but I mean, just like the idea of watching him talk about bypassing governor's requests to send in militarized troops to stop the looting. I mean, just every the, yeah, right. the speech was horrible. And then the walk, everybody was like, "Where is he going?" <laughs> yeah. And they're like, "And it is." They're like, "Well, I have something important to do." And then he walks to the front of the church and doesn't pray. Like that's the most yeah, insane right, yeah. thing. This fool walked up to the the church, stands in front of the church, St. John's. Yeah. And it's like an Episcopal church, and he stands there with a Bible upside down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this right. fool. 
I can't even. I just the whole thing. I think uh, from what I because we had different interpretations, but I think what ended up happening is he came in, held the Bible upside down, and then couldn't figure out which way to hold it. And then when he did, it didn't say Holy Bible on the front; it only yeah. said it on the spine. Right. So then he realized he's just holding a book. Yeah. So then he turns it to like <laughs> face the, the spine. So to you people. can see and that I was it says like, Holy Bible. You cast hundreds of people to yeah. go here, and you didn't even pick a Bible that says Holy Bible <laughs> yeah. on the front. Yeah. You dumb shithead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like. That's insane. Yeah, if you're going to use the Bible as a prop, at least get the right prop. I mean, honestly, I'm <laughs> yeah. serious. I was like, do you know how that was just so insane? My favorite part, too, is when he kept like waving uh, the new, whatever, the new um, press secretary over. Oh, she like yeah, wouldn't yeah. come. Yeah, right. And so he like waved her over and then like Barr started like aggressively waving her over. They're <laughs> yeah. like, come on, yeah, come right. on. Like, we got to get a lady up here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like his coalition and they're, like she just looks so miserable the whole thing was just and in the background of the entire thing all you hear is flash bomb grenades and screaming and chanting it's insane we like immediately we're like well let's go walk around our neighborhood and see what it's like and then and then that and then fairfax was just completely militarized i mean it was still the national guard but then we just walked around. We're like, okay, I guess. And it still is. I mean, we've basically been living in a somewhat of a militarized like police state ever since. Like a zone. I mean, we walked. So like we saw that and then we thought. Because we had a few minutes before a curfew. Well, something. that was the other thing. Yeah, now we're right. under a oh, curfew. Yeah, so like, curfews the whole time like we had and they kept doing these random things where like they'd set a curfew and then they'd raise the curfew. Yeah. So like the curfew is supposed to be at six and then at four o'clock they raise it to five. Yeah. Right. So like they did, they did that. And so we weren't really sure what was going on And the, and the curfew for all intents and purposes didn't feel when there was no protest going around and the neighborhoods quiet, people were still walking their dogs, yeah. you know, and like kind yeah. of, it wasn't like a lot of people out, but there yeah, were definitely right. people and you were allowed to go like to and from work yeah, and like yeah. whatever, get back to where you need to be. As long as you're on route to being home, yeah. you could be out. So people were out. Right. But then when we came out that day, yeah, we were out there and they were military. And when we say that, I mean, it's national guard, but I mean, it's full gear um, the Hummers. That they were Hummers. Not tanks, but some other. I don't even know what the different vehicles are, but yeah. some, you know, like crazy. an armored yeah. style vehicle. Yeah, right. And then, like, everybody's wearing full gear. And then, what are they, AR 15s? Yeah, yeah. So, like, everybody's got these huge guns. Like, yeah. I don't really know anything about guns, I'll be honest, whatever. You know, you're walking down the street, and the street's not that big. I mean, the sidewalk is, what, four feet? And there's two guys standing there with AR 15s a foot and a half away from you. And we're walking around. I just, it was just this weird thing where, like, it's one thing to sit inside and watch the news and kind of like be there and be rational and like kind of think through, you know, whatever's happening in the mm-hmm. world. But when you're walking around in the world and on your street, there's all these people there with giant guns assault rifles who aren't from your neighborhood yeah right <laughs> you know? and they're wearing helmets and they're wearing helmets <laughs> and they all have walkie talkies i just got so mad i don't know it's like we were walking through and they were like how are you good morning or good afternoon or whatever and i was so mad at the idea that the reason why i would say good afternoon back is because i'm afraid of his gun yeah without the gun i would just say hi back 
Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's okay. Even if he was in the full gear. Right. Without the gun, I'd be like, oh, good. How are you? You know, yeah, like, right. whatever. But if you're going to stand there with a gun in front of you and both hands on your fucking gun while you say good afternoon to me, yeah. I just feel like the only thing I can do is just not say anything. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if I want to just be real, if you want to make the choice to try to interact with me with both hands on a giant gun, you know, a foot away from me. Right. It makes me just feel like the only way I can resist this or make it known that I am unhappy. Yeah. Is just by not saying anything. Yeah. I just stopped. I just, yeah. like, I just looked at the ground and kept walking. Yeah. And I never would think, I don't think in the, if I sat in the house, I would think like, what would you do in that position? I've never had to be in that position. I mean, luckily, like in my life, like I've just never had to walk by somebody with a big ass gun. Right. Well, because when they're, when you walk down the street and they say, they make eye contact and say hello to you, all they're really doing is saying, I'm nice. So you better be too. I mean, I don't know. We don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know their motivation. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're from the national guard. They might've never been called up to active duty. You know, like right, you yeah. don't know what's up. They're just people and they don't have a choice. Also, yeah, they're right. in the same position. Right. It's like, I don't know what their motivation is, yeah. but I think in the grand structure of things, I don't want to be forced by it to feel like I need to say good afternoon to you, sir, yeah. because somebody's holding a gun. Yeah, right. Like I just am like with the gun in the equation, it was just changed everything for yeah. me. I don't know. I just guess I'm saying that because I... I have never experienced that before. Right. And then I experienced it and I didn't realize I would be like hella mad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just like, it was yeah. an emotion that came up that I had literally, yeah. I wasn't afraid. I was just mad into having to have like a pleasantry. Yeah. Well, we, during this whole time, every time we went out, we always were like holding hands and just like, a really good unit. And then the next morning we woke up and we we're like, we have to go, we have to go join the protest today. We have to defy this. Like, Trump speech we need to go like let's find the biggest one possible and let's go and then we spent all morning fighting um and then oh just like should we go to the one in Hollywood should we go to the one downtown what should we bring should we pick these people up should we connect with those people do we have you know just just classics just all just just the greatest (laughs) part of that is I want to say this I am 37 years old yeah and I I know that that's young and some water way, bottle. I'm, I just feel like, like in my heart, I feel like, Oh, like in my brain, I always think I'm like perpetually like 26. Like yeah, that's right. my age. And when I grapple with the idea that like, I don't know what to do. Like yeah. there was just something about like, yeah, right. what was that? I was like, well, I mean, do we bring food? Uh, like, <laughs> extra water bottles? Okay. Do we have the mat? Like the yeah, well, way we have was... a first aid kit in our earthquake, earthquake thing. And so let's like, grab that. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, well, and then like, what do you do if this happens? And then we're just like arguing about logistics yeah, and parking. Right, yeah, you know, like the whole thing was yeah, just yeah. so weird. But I think part of it too is feeling like all of a sudden, like, well, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. Right. Like, how do I do this? Feeling so frustrated with myself at like being out of touch enough that it was just like, way too confusing right and then you go down there and it's all just 21 year olds and I it's know, just like oh I you know. just have to be 21 not everybody you not said everyone. that when we were down there there was lots of people of all ages but there was a lot of young people i would say I vast felt- majority were 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 way younger than us i know like 10 to 15 years <laughs> yeah. younger i mean there's just so much about marching where like i a hundred percent 
supportive yeah and i want to do everything i can just to be a body and yeah. add to the bulk of whatever's yeah, right, there exactly. you know what i mean so yeah. but it's like hard it's weird i think when you're younger you're just like yeah fuck it let's go yeah and then when you're older at least my experience was like well am i doing it right yeah. i don't know am i doing it right i was like so preoccupied with this thing and like going and then like really vibing but like i I was like, well, I, you know, I don't know. I don't want to write a sign. I don't know what to say. Yeah, right. But then, like, nobody cares if you have a sign. Just yeah. go. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? Or, like, like I just don't. Like, I found myself, like, I'm learning all this stuff about myself. Like, I hate chanting. I am i can't. Miriam and I are not chanters. I don't know. But you know what I do like? <laughs> what? I like the claps. Yeah. And I like the woos. I like, you like cheering. I like going, woo! It's like clapping and yeah. I like clapping for people who bang pots when they hang out of windows yes and I like clapping for people who honk I know no one gets a, a a march more amped up than a person who's trapped in traffic who starts honking in support yeah that's us. It's big. I got so amped. we so, also were protected by the fucking best motorcycle club just like one of those classic old school black motorcycle clubs like, who just have just like, like those these, like, like a, candy orange Harleys yeah, with yeah, like yeah, the yeah, speakers yeah. and they're just playing like the best music and I was like that's how you protect a crowd just have a motorcycle it was uh, amazing entourage it was so cool we went down and like to uh to Grand Park like you show up and there's just all of these like candy colored Harley's everywhere and they're all playing like gospel music yeah and then we got in and they were just flanked everybody yeah, as we're right. going so it went crowd is the meaty center of like the actual crowd like going down the march the yeah. marching group and then flanked on either side are these people on Harley's and then they're between us and the cops yeah right you know so it's like this very cool thing and then it's like okay well I don't like shouting but i like wooing i'm not gonna chant <laughs> yeah. the other thing i got hella into that yeah. felt like the best like real me yeah was just putting my hands up whenever i saw somebody with a gun yeah so yeah, every time yeah. we're walking this is like not saying like because everybody's like starting these chants which i'm a hundred percent on board with do it yeah chant, i just don't want to i just can't bring myself to chant. i don't know yeah, why i can't but chant. i did every time i saw a national a group of national guardsmen i just put my hands up yeah. And walk by the just made eye contact. And that felt great. Well, there was definitely a moment where the crowd turns and to keep you from going down like the street, there was like a big line of riot cops. I don't, it wasn't National Guard. I think it was just yeah, riot yeah. cops. And then so Muriel and I did go with another group of people big and group. big group and just went up to them and kneeled on the concrete and put our hands in there and, and like face to face with them. Because I don't, I, I didn't know I was going to do that, but I was like, I think it is important to just show the world we get to go up to police and kneel and put our hands in the air and it's and ask them and tell them don't shoot us. And it's an incredible, I mean, like we were talking about violent protesting versus nonviolent and like, you know, how to digest, I don't know how to digest the differences and whatever. But I think like, I don't think in my whole life I've ever knelt in front of somebody with, a gun like that. Yeah, right. And gently put my hands in the air. And I think that that was like a really powerful, incredibly powerful feeling. I felt so powerful in the moment. Yeah. In in my supplication, you know, is that the right word? Like in my kind of like vulnerability. Yeah, right. To like kneel and put your hands up and have like a passive, gentle stance in the face of something that could kill you. I don't know. There was something about that that really was made me feel really powerful and yeah. and and 
in solidarity. Yeah, if, yeah, yeah, solidarity. It felt really important to go up there with everyone else who was doing that. Yeah. I will, however, say my knees are so old, and I was wearing shorts, and this boy cannot be kneeling on the concrete. I was, I was like, oh, dandy. Oh, wowie, Miss Golly. This is not good for the old. And, uh, the old Nick knee is know, uh, know. having some issues. You know, you were uh, like, I don't think I can do this. You're like whispering <laughs> at me. I was like, shut up. And I turned uh, around and you were deep squatting. With yeah, and later when we, when everyone like took a knee and like gave a moment of silence and shit, I was, I was like, this is going to be a deep squat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I go on a, a, a little bit of a, a rant uh, a, that's sort of adjacent to chanting? Yeah. Okay. My rant is about people. This is about people who don't like it when they hear the phrase fuck cops. Okay. And I'm ranting against people who don't like the phrase fuck cops. When someone says fuck cops, no one in their right mind is saying fuck all cops. That's not what it means. Saying fuck the cops is sort of like saying fuck the Patriots or something. It's like, we're not talking about every single player that on the Patriots. We don't even know most of their names. Basically, we're just saying like, fuck Tom Brady and fuck the system that cheats to let these people always win. Okay. That's what we're saying. So when you hear fuck the cops, if your gut reaction is like, well, some cops are good and whatever, like you, you've got to fucking check yourself. Okay. That was a good rant. That's so interesting. I did not know. That's a, I think you made a pretty good point. That's super interesting. Well, that's how I feel. Nicholas. What? After all of these weeks of being locked in the apartment and hearing you talk. Yes. That's the first time I've heard you say that. Well, I, can, that's I think it's pretty good. It's sort of a very truncated, less inflammatory version of a stand-up bit I used to do. And you, I never let you watch me do stand-ups. So. I, <laughs> I gave Nick like two notes and he was like, you can't come anymore. <laughs> uh, that's uh, actually really smart. I mean, that, that is true. That idea of like, you know, I... I don't know. You're just kind of like, ah, oh, fuck those guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, like we say that about all kinds of people. So anyways, yeah, we, we did the big march that day and then my ass came home. I, I had to take a bath. I had to, I was like, I'm stinky. I sweated through my backpack is, I got a back patch of swamp cropping. Nicholas. I got, I got, I got to take a bath. Like in this day and age, we've yeah. been like locked in our house and doing nothing yeah. and getting out just made me feel way more alive and connected to what's been happening. Yeah. We hope that you guys are, are participating in whatever way feels good for you and, or feels uncomfortable and right for you. Be that like marching, protesting, chanting, posting, well, that's, I, that's you know like, what, what I mean? I'm saying like, is like, I think like that's maybe that maybe that's at the heart of it. I was trying struggling to kind of figure out the cap on this thing. Yeah. I think that for me yeah. personally, I've just been like, mentally and emotionally exhausted yeah. and like going through the world and feeling kind of needing to hide, you know, be calm and take care of myself and be gentle with myself. I hope that in whatever way you can, you're able to, to participate, you know? Yeah. Like in whatever way you can, maybe you can't physically donating. go donating. Donating is super great. You know, we had a friend who can't go just because of health reasons yeah. who said, you know, if you guys get stuck, call me and I'll come swoop in and pick yeah, you up. Right. Like that's a super helpful way to right. kind of like participate without being out in crowds, yeah. you know, anything that you can do to help is, is, is good. I was really uncomfortable. And after doing it once, I know this maybe sounds like dumb and obvious. I've just felt way, way 
now I feel like way more comfortable and ready to do it. Yeah. It just seems like already doing new things is kind of scary. Yeah. And right. then when you've been like hiding in your house for two <laughs> yeah. months and yeah. like just feeling like overwhelmed and like very Boo Radley-ish <laughs> going out and doing this is like ripping off a really big Band-Aid. Yeah. And it was just good to do that because it just feels like so much more surmountable now. Like yeah. It feels like, oh yeah, like there's going to be a big march on the 14th. I've already requested that off work. We're planning like how, you know, like how we support We've donated some money. I'm starting to feel like I'm waking up for me on a personal note. I'm grateful for two things. One, I'm really grateful that the protest happened directly in our neighborhood. Yeah. That was really, I'm really grateful to have seen that and been a part of it. Yeah. And I'm also really grateful for the chance to get to vote Trump out of office. And I'm really grateful for the chance to demand of whoever our democratic president nominee is going to be. And hopefully when he or she becomes the president, I'm saying she, because hopefully it might still might not be Biden, but whoever it is, (laughs) I'm grateful for the chance to demand that they take, dare I say it, revolutionary steps to, uh, you know, undo the oppressive systems in our country. Yeah. I, I think like, I don't, I think like what you're saying is definitely at the heart of some sort of optimism for me Uh that I haven't felt in a really long time. I guess it's just been feeling like, one thing after another is being like pig piled. I guess it's like, you know, you start with being unhappy, which I feel like I have been for a little while. Like yeah. unhappy with like stalling out, yeah. you know, in my life and like just on a personal, yeah, level. on a, per- a yeah. personal level, just feeling like, you know, a little bit unmoored, yeah, you know, and then having the pandemic kind of shed some light on that in a way that I never would have had. And I'm grateful for the opportunity to like kind of put everything on pause and, and reexamine my life and think about like where I am right now and whether I'm happy and whether or not I want to return to what I had before, you know, and like really start to look at that and understand it. And you know, like that's been an incredible opportunity. And I think just the idea of being like, reintroduced to activism yeah and like standing around like thousands of people who are passionate and alive and ready to take big risks to feel like a high schooler again i mean i do i just feel like it's 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 really powerful to feel like we're just tired of it i mean obviously like the entire subject is you know police brutality and you know this institution that we have that is racist and violently targets people of color i think that there also is this kind of like secondary thing that's happening is like we're just sick of the shit the next thing that we are talking about when you talk about you know institutions that target people of color is like you know (laughs) like economic systems yeah you know like all of these types of things that like are so haywire right now and so like don't serve the people and just serve the people like the one percent of people who are working i I mean it's like it's just so weird it's like i guess for me lately i've been feeling like whatever is happening isn't enough yeah and it's not i'm not living the life that i'd like to live and i look around and see people and i think like 
we can do better. Yeah. You know, we can do better. We can treat people better. We can give people better opportunities, better education. We can raise our expectations of what our life should be like. Yeah. There are so many ways we can live our lives. Maybe the guarantee that you can go to a doctor is something that shouldn't be so radical. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. the guarantee that you can like live when you're old and not have to be like homeless because they've obliterated social security. You know, like, I mean, I think that there's just stuff that we're starting to see that's just like, this is not enough. I think that the idea of like reminding ourselves that the police are public servants, you know, instead of like, that's just a thing that happens. It's something that controls like aspects of the way I live. You know, it's like that they're public servants that we pay them with our taxes and we're not benefiting from them in the way that we'd like to be benefited. Just remembering that right before like a huge election year yeah. is really important. Yeah, It's a way to get back in touch with what your institutions should do for you and how they should serve you. Yeah, Like in a way to say, hey, this institution's not working the way we want it to be working. Like a systematic fundamental change that just is like waking us up and saying it doesn't have to be like this. Yeah. I think it's just, that's an exciting thing to think about moving forward. Hopefully we'll start to feel that way about more institutions, more political institutions. And we have the power to make this structural change. Right. You know, I I just think there's something really powerful about that. Yeah. All right. Well, I think we're not going to have like a funny out for this episode. (laughs) I think we're just going to say thank you for listening. We love you guys. And uh, that's it. Right, Muriel? Anything else you want to say to our people? No. I hope you've, and I, and I, I don't know. I personally hope that everyone feels like empowered to disrupt their, the normalcy, uh, that perhaps like I am, you know, that leads me into a certain level of complacency and just decides like it's actually time to make some changes. Uh, we do love you. It is, does feel like a miracle that people listen to this podcast. That's right. I hope we didn't alienate you by <laughs> saying all of the things we're thinking, but it's a crazy time right now. Yeah. We're also really interested in listening to you. So if you, um, have any experience with, uh, any of the protests that have been going on around the country, please call us and leave a voicemail. Oh, yeah, we yeah. love to hear it. We love to uh, like interact with our listeners and we'd like to, use more of our listener interactions in the podcast. So if yeah. you have anything you want to say or, you know, any thoughts that you have to do, or you want to share something you're going with going through, I think like it helps us build the community that we hope this podcast like fosters. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 And it's, it. it's, I'm just sitting here. I think it's weird that some of you guys are listening to this at the exact same time, but you're <laughs> in like different parts of the world, man. It's crazy. All right. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> You shall not pass! Up listening to this new hilarious real play podcast starring a real life six year old. You see a giant red dragon and just a belch of flyer just as it flies straight towards you. And I just walk past it. <laughs> Check out the DD Adventures of Coke the Kinder Giant on Campfire Media. Campfire.